Welcome to the podcast, The Storyteller, in which we talk to South Africans who have special stories to tell. Wouter van Warmelo, a retired Royal Air Force officer, lives in Cape Town with his wife, Judy. Now in his 80s, he leads a very busy, sociable life with a wide variety of interests. However, do not try to get hold of Wouter on a Friday. For the past 10 years, he has volunteered to photograph almost every child who passes through the wards of the Red Cross War Memorial Children's Hospital. Why does a photograph help? The photographs I take are not only a record of what the child's been through, but it's a memory. And we have situations where when the child, when they grow a bit older, they can see what they were like and what they've been through. The parents and the families can see what the child has been through. It's a record for them, a reminder of how precious life is. There's one girl I got to know in ICU. She spent seven months in ICU. And she really was in a bad way. And I got to know her and, and the family, and very small child. Anyway, then she ended got promoted, if you like, to one of the wards. And then she was allowed home. And there's the whole record of that. And one day I saw her back in the hospital. And she saw me, she put her computer on, put some music on, and stood up and danced on the bed for me. And I photographed that. And that whole journey is so important for the family. Now it so happens that the, in the end she didn't make it, but she'd had a few years and there's a record, a memory of this child. I have had occasion, very, very rare, but it does happen that a mother would say to me, no, I don't want her to be reminded of this. So I don't want the photograph. But that's rare. That it's rare. Want the photograph. Most of them, once they realize that the photograph is not going to be used for anything apart from given to them. It's not used on Facebook. It's not on social media. I don't give it to the doctors, the hospitals, newspapers or anything. Then they think... This is okay, and I just, I need them to trust me. Now, the initial focus from the start was just the medical ward, and it just spread out to the more traumatic ward, shall we say, and uh, I built up relationships with the doctors. Uh, to such an extent, you know, there, was one, there was one in a general ward, uh, the doctor came to me and said, look, I don't know if you're up to it, but 
This child has just died 10 minutes ago. Mother would like a photograph because she hasn't got a photograph. Would you do it? I said, yeah, of course. So I photographed this child who just died because the mother wanted the picture. cell phones and they might sneak a photograph but the printed photograph exactly is unusual that that's what they want and they love it and they when they know that that the photographs will be available the following friday and i've seen in one cancer patient's home i was in the kitchen it's got all my photographs on the wall and others that they've added as well. And uh, so it's important to them. You know, people sort of say, how can you film in a hospital? But you say the camera is always there between you and your subject. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a sort of form of um, defense, but are there times, good and bad, when things go past that defence and you get affected? Yes, obviously. Um, I don't know why, but in in a way, I'm glad that that the emotional side I, I've learned to deal with over the years. It's not that I'm unfeeling, because I'm not, but I deal with it. There's only been one case, and I don't want to go into that one, one case where I felt really upset. Uh, I was shocked about that. So uh, I find that the camera does help, as giving a bit of distance. But I do build up relationships with quite a number of the patients, particularly the long-term ones. And, for instance, those from the oncology, I still have contact with the families where they send me pictures for how the child is doing now and to me this is just wonderful to be able to be part of that <laughs> and uh, some of them are really really good with the camera they are so used to being photographed and they go, think like that, you know. They, they act in front of the camera. It's fine. It's great. And uh, I love it. I love being with them. You know, there was, there was one case. A child had been knocked down by a car. And I met him in ICU. He was in a coma. And the granny and I got to know each other. It got out of the coma, but it was still... Definitely not there. And the physio was with him one day when I was there. And I took photographs in my hand and I gave it to the physio. And she put the, the moved the, the, his eyes were open, moved the photograph in front of his eyes from left to right to left to right. And she called me, she said, Voter, look, his eyes are moving. And that was the real start. You should see him now. 
<laughs> he runs around, his brain is a little bit damaged, but he's fine. And uh, to be part of that, I, I, I wouldn't say I'll get emotional about it, but to be the privilege of being part of that history of that child's progress. To me, it's really wonderful. Such a privilege. So uh, you said to me uh, a, st a staggering number that you do on average 50 photographs every Friday of your life. No, not 50 photographs, 50 children. 50 children, oh, okay. <laughs> Double that. I mean, photographing 50 children and considering also all the other uh, constraints that you have to deal with, you know, permission, mm. sensitivities mm. Um, around it. I mean, vote to you, 85. 83, let's not exaggerate it. <laughs> <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there, though. <laughs> 83, yeah. all right. But, I mean, it, isn't it exhausting at the end of the day? Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm exhausted just after duty. <laughs> <laughs> and you still go back to do it? Well, it, I think it's an important project and I like it. And I also, you know, when, there's, uh, when, when it's a public holiday, for instance, I still go and do it because the children are there. But I'm on my feet basically from 8.30 in the morning because I, I leave here at 7 o'clock and hit the traffic <laughs> to get to the hospital. And then, uh, then I'm on my feet from 8.30 till about 2.30. And then I, then I have my lunch, go through the photographs, decide which ones to keep, and then I go into town to hand in the order, and I sit and wait while they complete the order. Which, so I spend about an hour in homes, and then I sit in the traffic going home up to an hour and a half. I get home just before six. And, and your wife picks up the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> she tries to, yes. <laughs> Have you ever missed a day? Have you ever been sick? Yeah, uh, I think there was only one occasion, Judy, when you called me back. Once in 10 years. Yeah, yes. only once. Once in 10 years. Yeah. And she knows she can do that. <clears throat> 10 years. Yeah. You know, she, she knows she can do that, that she needs help. And then I just drop everything. After all, it's, it's not a life or death situation, and it's, it's a voluntary thing I do and then uh, well, I just come back well that's amazing because that means that you in terms of your health and your ability and have, have never been a, never been off duty yeah it's been once <laughs> well but not because of you yeah because of me yeah oh but it has been once because yeah. of you you've been fallible once <laughs> I am fallible <laughs> believe it or not yeah uh yeah, it's, uh, it's, to have this in, in my life now is such a privilege, you know, I find. And I'm so glad I was asked. A special thanks to Freesound. This podcast is brought to you by Digital Storyteller.